Instead of names and dates, let's focus on the narrative. I'm Adam Blesky. Each month I sit down with a friend to have a real conversation about a part of history that's new to them. The goal is to make connections, to foster curiosity, and to appreciate how incredible the story of humanity truly is. I'm not an expert. This isn't a lecture. This is HI 101. As previously mentioned, we decided not to do a standard sit-down face-to-face HI 101 this month, uh, given what's going on these days. So instead, a few of us remotely recorded a question-and-answer episode, just answering a few of your uh, written-in questions. So I don't know when exactly we'll be getting back to normal, because no one has that answer at the moment. But uh, in the meantime, hope you enjoy this. I'm here on HI 101 with Dan McGinnis. Hello. And Colin Oliver. Hello. And yeah, we're not doing a normal show today. We're just going to do a quick Q&A. Um, things are kind of upside down uh, these days. And honestly, I didn't feel like doing the research or um, making people come into my home and sit face to face with me, which is how we usually do this show. It seemed uh, very, very rude not to be invited, Adam. Extremely irresponsible to do it that way. You know, anyways. Um so anyways, the three of us are just going to chat. I've got some listener questions about the podcast. And yeah, that's that's all we're going to do. First off, I had several questions uh, Well, uh, from both Suzanne and from Kimberlin about the Spanish flu or general pandemic questions. I just want to get Yay. this out of the way at the beginning. We're not going to talk about, about right. that stuff, right? Like, <laughs> you guys don't feel like talking about it, do you? I mean, no, but... I did watch Contagion a week you ago. Didn't. You're one of them. I am. What, I was. I, I wanted to know what 2011 had to say about right now. And you're the reason. Was, you're the reason it was trending at like number one on on Netflix. I only picked it after it was trending. <laughs> oh, that's better. <laughs> did that then. make it better? I'm a bandwagoner. <laughs> um. Yeah, great. No, I, I think all of us have been doing weird stuff the last couple of weeks. We're all stuck inside. Yeah. Um, you know, things are things are bizarre. Um, so yeah, let's just let's just move on from the Spanish flu stuff. I mean, maybe at good. some point it might be an interesting topic topic to do, but um I'm just not feeling it these days, guys. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. That seems very fair. Um another question uh I just wanted to get out of the way quick. Uh this comes from uh Gothmog356S. I did take credit questions. Gothmog. Dan, do you remember the, the the reference? I don't. I mean, it sounds familiar, but I don't recall it. It's a Balrog from the First Age. Oh my god. That's a deep cut Silmarillion. Oh, I'd like to hand in my card. <laughs> I, I should have known that. What was that name? Gothmog. Gothmog. Yeah, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Anyways, in my defense, it has literally been two decades since I read that book. Damn, it's, it's time. What else <laughs> are you doing right now? <laughs> oh, ow. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, Gothmog356S wants to know, are you going to do an April Fool's special this year? A Skyrim or Halo history conversation would be amazing. Um, no. Sorry, everyone. I'm not going to do one this year. <laughs> There's literally one day a year that I can actually release those in good conscience. And yeah, it's not going to happen by the first this year. Sorry, we're going to skip it. Um, those topics are really hard to find, actually. There's been a few that we've gotten like a ways into, and they just kind of didn't work out. Like There needs to be a lot of uh, material to dig into to make that work. Dan, you did King, uh, King Arthur with me, right? I believe so. Yeah. That was a long time ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a couple of years ago. We only do these once a year. And Colin, you've yeah. never done one with me, have you? No. I've never done the April Fool's cast, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a weird experience. Like, you're sitting down and you're like, I, I'm sure I had this conversation with you, Dan, where it's kind of like, this is going to be weird. Um, we'll just roll with it. It'll be fine. I promise. Um, a lot of that credit goes to the first one that I did with uh, Paul on Star Wars where we were just like, let's try it out and see what happens. And it was relatively natural to get into, but that's also got like a ton of like the, the there's, there's a whole Wikipedia for star Wars stuff, right? It was pretty easy. A lot of pulp there. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you kind of need that to really get into it. Um, yep. Skyrim could potentially work. I think there's a lot of lore there. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I've played a lot of the Elder Scrolls games. I think there's a decent amount of material there. Mm-hmm. No, I actually did have one in mind. And Dan, I was actually going to ask you to do it with me when everything hit the fan a couple of weeks ago. And it's nothing that's actually been recommended to me at any point. But maybe we'll just save it for next year. I don't know. Do you want to know okay. what it was? I'll just bleep it out for the podcast. People are going to be furious. Oh, oh yes. Please. <laughs> I wanted to see if I could get enough stuff together to do. Oh, oh, right. Oh. Yes. Yes. That would be. Oh, right. That'd be so appropriate. Like made me a happy man. Yeah. Let's do that next year. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. I think it would be a oh, lot of fun. It'll also be horrific, but you know. Well, that too. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Why else are we doing it? <laughs> um anyways yeah sorry folks no 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 april fools episode this year but uh that's the way things are going right now um gothmog had other questions as well um a few people asked this uh but a lot of people basically just want to know how i prepare for a topic the answer is kind of it depends on the topic like depends on how much knowledge i'm coming into uh the subject with beforehand a lot of times what I'll do is just kind of sit down and write out um, kind of an outline of what I know already and fill in the gaps from there. And I'll like, I'm not picky about my sources. I'll be perfectly honest with you. This is not like an academic endeavor. I'm not posting a bibliography here. Um, I'm very much okay to go to, you know, Wikipedia to find out, you know, what year did this thing happen? Because like, who cares? It's going to be right. It's going to be fine. Close enough. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll go to whatever other books and, and um, Google Scholar is really useful for stuff like this as well, um, just to fill in as much uh, detail as I feel like I need to. And then we kind of make that work. Um, I usually have, I don't know, four or five pages of, of notes that I come into things with. 
but I mean, you guys have both done the, the show a bunch of times. Like, it's mostly just off the top of my head, um, mm-hmm. based on those notes, right? What are some of the subjects that you've needed to prepare the most for because you just didn't have as much pre-existing knowledge? Yeah, um, I think I think one of the I think one of the ones I did the most work for was probably um, the Three Kingdoms period of Korea, which was just like a thing I had no idea about, and. Um, basically went sure let's try this and see if there's anything there and it ended up being a a really really interesting show but i I went into that with zero preconceptions about the period other than you know korea is tiny and has somehow managed to stay relatively independent from china which is big and scary and right on its borders for a very long time and i wanted to know a little more about that um but yeah i mean it education in canada when it comes to history is very like Eurocentric and anything taking place in in Europe, I'm inevitably going to have more of a background in than than something that's happening elsewhere in the world. But so so as as kind of a, a rule of thumb, that would be an easy way of telling like what's going to be um, easy to prepare for or not. But even that doesn't necessarily stick firm uh, every single time. There's always surprises in these. On that note, are there any topics that have just completely surprised you that you? wrote an outline and then you found out that a whole bunch of your comprehension was shifted in some way t yeah the, oh. the, the t episode was um mm. you know it was a thing where i kind of wanted to like you know look at some of the history of of uh kind of more from a social standpoint almost um mm. and, and you know talk about talk about its adoption by by britain and talk about it in china and and i didn't really um realize before i got into it how much of that is not social how much of it is political and in fact like yeah. really important to some of the um the biggest interventions uh that that china's done or that, that britain has has done in the the 17th and 18th centuries in asia i mean the entire raj is predicated on the tea trade right like yeah. y- you know you can't you can't talk about tea and not talk about that stuff so that that episode took a like a hard turn compared to what <laughs> i was expecting it to tea <laughs> Talk about grandmothers enjoying it. It's probably not a lot of meat on those bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, war. Lots of it, yeah. No, the, the social ones are always really interesting to talk about. I just did disco uh, a couple months ago, oh. and um, I, I I had my head on a swivel a little bit more about going into this one, but you know, talking about basically gay rights in, in the United States in the seventies is, is a really big part of talking about disco. Right. And again, that's one of those things that like, I knew that one going in, but it doesn't end up really being just about the music at that point. Kind of in a similar vein, um, question from Isaac, how do you remember all the details, dates, and names for your podcasts? Your guests often ask obscure questions and you almost always have an answer. Are you pausing the recording to go off and read about it? <laughs> no. <laughs> not always very very rarely if i ever pause it um it's because it's some detail that's so dumb that or it would be so dumb that i didn't know it that i just can't abide having that on on tape like it's it's literally just like i've forgotten the name of somebody that i should really really know or like oh. not knowing who the president was that year which is the sort of thing i should probably have sort of stuff like that so it's a shame pause. It's a shame pause. And and there have okay. been a few. There have been a few. I, I don't know if I I've ever done it with you guys. Know. Yeah, I don't think you've ever done one of those when I've been on the show. They're, they're pretty rare. Um, but, 
they they've happened. They've happened once or twice. No, most of the stuff. I don't know. I, I've gotten. I've just gotten very efficient. I think at, at preparing for this stuff and for uh, anticipating what you guys are going to want to know about. Obviously, all of you have thrown me many, many curveballs on these episodes, and there have been lots of times where I've literally just said, "Oh, I'm gonna add that to the notes and moved on," because I, I sincerely don't know that thing, and I try to be honest about that as much as possible. But yeah, the ones I can't just say I don't know that are the ones that are like. Like, literally, everyone would be like, why do you have a history podcast if you don't know that thing? <laughs> they would cast you out of the guild. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I have maybe maybe four or five notes, or four or five pages of, of like, point form notes. And I've shown both of you those those notes many, many times. They're nothing um, terribly substantial. It's just it's just a practice thing, right? Like, any anything like this, you kind of get more adept at as, as time goes on, as you do it on a regular basis. So... Um, yeah, I've actually thought about maybe uh, starting to post those notes. I have no idea if anybody's even remotely curious about them, but um, I don't know, maybe make them like a, an entry to your Patreon or something like that. I have no idea. Um, but I, I've, I don't know if people are inter- interested in that or not. I, I don't know if they'd be... I feel like they'd be disappointed, almost. Like, there's not that much in there, really. But anyways, yeah, what about you guys? Like, what, what's your um, like mental preparation like coming into... Uh, record one of these things uh very specifically not falling into wikipedia holes that are related Mm -hmm. i have a bad tendency to to fall into wikipedia especially history things and uh it's a it's a danger zone because i don't want to know too much and have too much context coming in so that i can ask the same questions that your audience might want to ask i purposefully do Pretty much nothing, um, because it kind of feels like the point, right? I'm I'm coming on the show to learn. Um, the more research I do ahead of time, uh, the more it takes away from my ability to naturally react mm-hmm. to the narrative that you're telling me. Um, I do try and make sure I've at least got the thousand foot view ahead of time, but that's about it. Right. You want to know who the main players are kind of thing, so you're not completely uh, in the dark. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I would agree with both of you. It kind of seems like the point to not really know too much coming in, because that way you can react for the audience almost in a way. Um, yeah. That's that's kind of always been the idea behind the show. So, yeah, the the more people can stay away from uh, kind of knowing about this stuff, the better. Um, I've had a couple episodes out there where the guest knew a lot about the thing and i always find that a lot harder to do uh in a certain way because sometimes they'll they'll kind of do the well i know what's coming next sort of reaction to stuff and it it sort of it kind of kills my momentum almost it's a little bit like off-putting because the the tables kind of get turned on you a little bit and um yeah it's it's almost it's almost harder to do it that way well you're trying to take the the listener and the guest on on an adventure, mm-hmm. on a narrative, and no one likes telling a story where the audience knows the ending. It's almost pointless. So yeah, exactly. It's understandable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sometimes I know I'm guilty of uh, of reacting uh, too much with facial expressions, which uh, <laughs> you know don't do the don't do the listeners any good. Yeah, yeah, that's something I've had to learn to try and 
describe as naturally as possible <laughs> because there are there are a few co- topics out there where people just kind of i i th- there are not many moments where i wish it was a video thing but there's been a few facial expressions where it's like yeah i kind of wish people could see what's going on right now um the, yeah the reactions get silence which is good in a way but terrible for an audio medium you could always add in in post a david attenborough style voiceover if we observe the guest at this moment right shock is displayed on their face that kind of thing uh i'll consider it i'll put i'll put it on a list of uh potential (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) yay i had an idea thanks dan um I asked, when I put out a call for questions, I asked if anybody had any questions about topics that they thought I could do in, like, say, five minutes sort of thing. Like, can we just, like, rush out a couple mini topics? And a lot of people sent in a lot of really great topics that are extremely long and would make excellent, <laughs> excellent full uh, uh, episodes that I don't think we can really do that. But I thought what we could do is, um, you know, I think people are curious about how topics get chosen so i thought we'd pitch a couple of these and see what you guys think um give people a bit of an idea of how those discussions take place um kind of preliminarily so um mr darcy asks will you ever cover the american civil rights movement i would love to yeah i feel woefully underprepared to tackle that beast so that's the kind of thing where i look at that and go yes this is a great topic i would love to put out episodes on this oh no this is a minefield and right you want but it's not like you haven't had to cover pretty challenging topics in the past i think you've generally done a pretty good job that is probably the most daunting Sure. Well, I mean, it's it's not the most daunting I've ever been pitched, to be honest with you. Um, no. But yeah, you're right. I've 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 tackled sensitive topics before. It's not it's not that it's off the table, and that's uh, one of the reasons I wanted to put this one up front. Is like it's not a hard no. Like it's never a hard no. If you guys come to me with a with a subject and go, I'd really like to talk about this. At most, it might be like a well, why don't we narrow the scope or expand the scope or even just a let me look into this further, right? Um, yeah. I don't know that we've ever had like a solid, like, nope, not doing that. That being said, with something like this, I would want to do a lot more research than I would about, I don't know, um, if we were just talking about some relatively straight down the middle medieval Europe type thing, right? Blackbeard. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's very little controversial to say there. He was a terrible man. We can all move on and agree in that, uh, with that. And, you know, it's no issue, right? Any topic where there's fairly directly existing um, effects of that still lingering just end up being that much harder, like every single time, right? Um, yeah. y- there is no historical consensus at this point. There are people that uh, feel extremely strongly about it in opposing manners. And, you know, that gets tricky. Um but to Colin's point, no, that doesn't mean I would never do it. It just means that I would want to approach it as as carefully as possible. Um, I was uh, I was emailing back and forth with somebody from um, New Zealand, I believe. I should have checked this beforehand. Sorry if you're Australian. It was one of the two. <laughs> I, and this is an example of me just going ahead and admitting I don't know something, and it's probably going to upset some people. 
Anyways, we were talking and, and he, he made some um, suggestions about history that would have touched on um, Australia and New Zealand's history um, regarding their indigenous peoples. And I kind of went, hey, probably right, not right now. Like, that's I, I would want to know a whole lot more. And, and we, we went back and forth a little bit on like, well, does that mean that, you know, certain people are, are, are just not allowed to touch certain topics? And absolutely not. That's not. That's not what I'm trying to get at here. It's that, you know, I, I want to make sure that I do a good enough job with stuff like this, that I'm not looking back on this in, you know, six months or a year and going, man, I really regret what I said and put out there in public. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like to be able to put out work that I can stand behind. And that's kind of the uh, metric that I use for for stuff like this, just being able to stand behind it in an amount of time that's that's reasonable. You know, obviously stuff like this, the scholarship changes over years and decades. And, you know, there's zero chance that all these episodes are going to hold up in, say, 20 years. But, you know, I can live with that, too. Yeah. And, you know, spending a month researching a topic, like, people do their doctorates and dedicate their entire careers to some of these topics, even narrowly scoped. So oh, absolutely. It's a bit much to think that you could do a quick survey of the civil rights movement in America and feel confident that you've properly contextualized it and touched on everything necessary when like this is this is your podcast and yeah you're just spending a month on it yeah exactly it's it's more a matter of number 1 making sure i'm not leaving anything out that is um essential to a, a reasonable base understanding of the topic and number two, not grossly misrepresenting anything in a way that is uh, harmful or embarrassing. Um, and if I can hit both of those, then I more or less feel okay uh, with topics. But those are those are sort of what I'm shooting for, if that makes sense. It's possible that we already talked about this, but uh, when does history start? <laughs> in terms of like, what's what's the most contemporary uh, time period to be willing to discuss? I mean, there's a few answers to that. The um, the rule of thumb is 20 years is about how much time it takes to um, sort of get things into perspective that could be considered even remotely historical. So can we get the historical context on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air then? When did that show end? Maybe, <laughs> I think maybe. it was like 97. I think it was 97 or 98. It ended in 97 or 98? Then yes. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is you can't really talk about something historically until everyone involved is dead. Kind of the idea being that there are uh, certain aspects of information that don't always come out with some of this stuff until people have passed away and other people feel... Um, either safe or um, lack the uh, uh, um, unwillingness to embarrass someone uh, to come forward with new information. Uh, there's also, I think both of you, I, I know Dan certainly are, are familiar with uh, Mike Duncan, who does Revolutions and uh, previously the oh. History of Rome. You know, the, the history podcasting dad. Oh, <laughs> the one I've spent every... Every day with for years of my life. Yeah, years and years and years. Me too. Um, <laughs> one time I saw him say that uh, anything more recent than World War One is essentially current events. And I think he also has a point. Oh, bold. 
I like it. it. It's 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 hard because I mean, think about how our discussions have changed over the years in terms of the amount of context I feel like I have to give before we get to the actual topic, right? It's certainly increased. And part of that is going like, well, you can't really understand this thing properly without, you know, knowing this, this, and this, right? And it's hard to know how all of those factors fit together if you don't have enough time and and kind of hindsight to to really examine that stuff. And certainly anything less than 100 years old is still being debated and, and, and re-examined uh, by historians. It's, it's not done. It hasn't set yet. So I, I definitely see where he's coming from on that one. Talking about momentous events and their effects on the future is also quite interesting. And if we don't have enough of that future to discuss in context, then that's, that's pretty limiting as well. Absolutely, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the other day, I, uh, recent events have caused me to look at... Uh, World population graph. Oh, damn. It also struck- oh, no. Well, no, this isn't going where you think. Okay. It also, it struck me that uh, the the growth of the population of the world has just been tremendous, even over the last century. Yep. We've gone from uh, under 2 billion people to almost 8. There's also the argument that in the last century, more history is happening. There's more information being generated. There's there's more events happening just by virtue of the multiplicative effect of more humans. So, and we're I, better at recording it because and we are, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. So I that that also I think has an impact on how easy it is to historically contextualize something. Yeah, I would tend to agree, especially for um, you know, there's there's this issue with with history. Yeah, I would say before the 20th century especially, but it, it continues to improve in my opinion, that there, there's an issue of who gets to write it and who we pay attention to. And there's a very, very long time where um, we're paying attention to a very, very small number of people percentage-wise and um, not really getting a good look at the lives of everybody else. And just by virtue of of the ease with which people can record things about their lives. Uh, It continues to get better. And uh, the scholarship also changes in terms of whose perspectives we value continues to widen, which I personally think is a good thing. It lets us do episodes like uh, jazz or like tea or, um, you know, some of those other social ones, right? And and I think those are really, really interesting topics. For a long time, history is war and politics, and that's about it. And those things are interesting. I like them. Don't get me wrong. But there's other stuff too. And, and that other stuff can be a nice break from sort of the, the traditional classic uh, history stories. Anthony wants to know, in terms of topics, the influence of communication technology on revolutions slash transformations slash change. Again, huge topic. Um so this I thought was an interesting idea in terms of like how we would narrow something like this down. Because if someone if one of you came to me with something like this, I would say, Great, we don't have the time. Um hmm. you know, but but that doesn't make it a bad topic in any like by any stretch of the imagination, right? That could be really, really interesting. It also makes for a hard topic to research though, because you know, if you if one of you comes to me and says, I want to talk about 
the American Civil War. I can go, great. I'm going to Wikipedia. I'm typing in American Civil War. Or like, I'm going to the bookstore and I am buying a book that's titled The American Civil War. It's got a beginning, a middle, and end. We're good to go, right? Like, it's really easy. Um, people have done the work of contextualizing it for me already. Stuff like that. It's like 10 years you need to read about mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, whereas something... Uh, so, Dan, you and I did timekeeping, um, which stretched 5,000 years? Something like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a... And I really enjoyed doing that one, but like there wasn't like a single resource I could go to and and kind of like get a sense of where to go. We just sort of had to pick a few things to focus on and do a do a survey of the whole thing, right? And again, I, I really enjoyed that episode, but yeah, we, we were all over the place. Um, this yeah. topic, I would say there's either two ways to go about this, looking at a couple of like communication technology advances in history. So, you know, do the invention of writing, I guess, uh, doing the, the printing presses, doing, you know, things like that, the telephone and, and looking at those inventions as historical events themselves, maybe some things directly related to them, um, which could be an interesting way to go. Or you could also sort of roll this into other topics that I would say would be very closely related. So one thing that's really interesting about the 20th century is that most of the revolutions or or big political changes that occur, the forces that are causing those changes are very communication savvy, whether that be um, the use of newspapers in the Russian Revolution, uh, the use of radio and television by the Nazis, even the rise of or even the use of talk radio in sort of the change in uh, conservatism in the 70s and 80s, right? Like those are all really interesting ways to look at how it's affected things. So you, you could kind of go either way with something like that. And if one of you came to me with that topic, that's the sort of discussion we would probably have before getting together to record. Is like, okay, well, how do we want to, how do we want to approach it? Because we can't just do everything. Yeah, what's the actual slice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like there's a subtopic of like encryption and code breaking there as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I did. Uh, I did uh, Alan Turing and the Enigma, the Enigma Machine. Uh, which was good, but again, it's only this little slice of like World War II code breaking, um, which let's be fair is like the best code breaking kind of. It's not the only code breaking, but like that's the one people get excited about. Machines making clacking sounds. Mm, it's so good, man. Uh, Joel wants to know where did you study and what was your major? Also, what's your job and how did you get the idea to start the podcast? Oh, we're going to answer some of that. <laughs> you know, one or two things. Could you also um, uh, just quick yeah. read out your social insurance number? Honestly, that's okay. Um, yeah, no, I study yeah. history, and um, no, podcasting is not my job. I would very much like it to be, but uh, that's that's not how that works. I do have a, a regular day job as well. Um, and how did we get the idea to start the podcast? Um, just by having conversations like the ones that we have on the podcast without recording and kind of going, hey, this might be a fun way to record. There's actually one moment where that really stands out long, long before uh, we started the podcast. But 
uh, Dan, you and I were on a, a camping trip way back and I was talking to a couple of our friends about history and, um, I'll tell you who after it's, it's fine. Um, neither of them are actually, or have actually ever been on the show, but, uh, two of us were chatting back and forth and, and it was just all over the place. And the third one was sitting there and I was certain he was bored out of his skull. Like it was like, I don't even know why you're hanging around. There's other people you could talk to. Yeah. Not that I didn't want him there, but you know, and there was a lull in the conversation and he just like turned to us and he's like, I could listen to you guys talk like this all day. And it was just like one of the most, it was like a really touching moment for me. Yeah. Um, but it was one of the first moments where I was like, okay, well maybe, yeah, maybe this is the kind of thing people could be interested in. Yeah. Um, that, that one always stands out. And then, yeah, I, I, the, the one we've talked about before is, is, um, Phil and, and, uh, Miller both, um, kind of encouraging me to to actually do the thing um you know i I, i've been having similar conversations with them but uh um yeah they they were a they were a strong uh driving force in that how do you all know each other from ellen dan long ago i was on a road (laughs) surrounded by mists and then i went to english class and i met adam Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. We've known each other since high school. Um, it's been a it's been a very long time. I'm a I'm a bit of a later edition. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I went to visit Dan when he was on a a work placement for school. Yeah. And, and I right. met several people who've been on the podcast that one weekend. It was <laughs> extreme. It was an extremely good weekend for <laughs> my social group. It's a good time. Um, yeah, it was an extremely good time. Um, but yeah, I, all of us have been friends, like everybody that's been on the, the podcast, we've, we've all been friends for a, a very long time. And I think it's part of what helps, uh, the podcast work. Um, I've had requests numerous times, to, like have viewers or have, have listeners on viewers, I don't know, viewers, uh, to, to have listeners <laughs> like on the and show subscribe. and like, and subscribe, smash that, smash that Um, hit the bell, hit the bell, get a notification. Sorry. It's, it's too easy, man. Just rolls off the tongue. No, uh, yeah, people just kind of want to come on. And while I get the, you know, I get the appeal of it, it's kind of like these conversations work well because we know each other and because we have these kinds of conversations outside of the show. Yeah, there's probably something to be said for the uh, nonverbal communication that goes on during the podcast that uh, I think probably enables an easier conversation to happen. Yeah, or even just being familiar with each other's patterns of conversation if that makes sense yeah um, I, I mean that partially because i can you know look at a slight facial expression on you and i've known you way too long and can yeah. read what you're intending to say or do next right. and that helps yeah for sure greg dropped some some topics again uh feudal japan that would be one that would be very interesting to do i've i've been interested in doing it for a long time but while there's nothing particularly like controversial there i would say like my information level is pretty low so i'd want to number one narrow it down that's a that's a very broad thing and number two do a lot more work to be prepared to do something like that um also three mile island which i think would be actually an extremely good topic yeah yeah thanks greg for that extremely good topic suggestion um yeah that could be cool i i don't know that would be the kind of thing where like i know i don't know everything about it like i i'm 
you know, I, th there's going to be a ton of stuff I find in research, but I already feel like I know enough that it'd be more of a filling in the blanks uh, operation than it would be um, starting from scratch. And it could uh, easily enable you to talk about coronal things, things that uh, it impacted uh, legislatively in America and, and things mm -hmm. that happen around the world as a result of it that you can tell the story of it, but there's also a bigger picture. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a meaty topic. I like it. Yeah, it, it, that that could make for an extremely good show. That's that's a a plus topic. Uh, Big Dog twenty three thirty says, <laughs> "Here's here's what I love about all these usernames that I found today. They all sound like the kind of usernames that would be made up for a TV show, and I really appreciate that about them. Yeah, no, they're fantastic. <laughs> they are." Big Dog says, you've done jazz and disco, why not Broadway show tunes, history of video games, or comics? Um, he also mentions history of the theory of evolution. Uh, those are all really interesting suggestions. I don't know necessarily about Broadway show tunes, if there would be enough there. There's definitely enough beat on the uh, history of video games yeah. topic. Don't, don't have me on for that one. That's probably one of the rare occasions where I know too much going in well okay but that's that's a reasonable conversation to have because one of my concerns would be is that too recent right is there enough going on there so what would you set as the beginning and end of a history of video games right right well i mean i'd start with the first ever video game that mm -hmm. was uh i think it was pong created on a oscilloscope like device sounds uh, right to me i don't know i yeah and then I think you get into some really interesting subject matter with um, the console wars. Um, there's mm -hmm. some really interesting stuff that happened with uh, Sony and Nintendo, where they had a pre-existing relationship. They were going to get together and make a console together. And then Nintendo kind of gave Sony the shaft a little bit. I don't have the details. No, um, that's right. PlayStation it, was going to be a, a Nintendo console. But like yeah. you, you also skipped the whole like Atari crash, right? Like the, uh, the E.T., like the market crash with ET, right? Do you remember this? Where the where they, they made don't. the they made the ET Atari game, oh. and it sold so badly because they made it in like six weeks or something to beat the Christmas rush. Yeah, uh, that they 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 sold so few of them that they just dumped a whole bunch of them in a in a landfill somewhere. I, I did hear it was about like a, that. An urban legend for years, and, and I actually got to play actually, it uh, in its you? original form. That's wild. it is as bad as everybody says. I, I've I've heard it's pretty awful. Yeah, they actually dug up the the landfill and they found some that actually happened. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, the market crash wasn't because of ET. It was already kind of precarious at that time. And yeah, there's there's lots to talk about there in terms of things outside of video games too, right? Like the you know arcade culture or um, um, even just technologically. There's the yeah there, that that would make a that would make a really interesting topic. There's the social reaction to violence in video games that has a really interesting. Um, mm -hmm. it, it would be interesting as well. Easily up until the mid '90s. Yeah, you could go up to the mid '90s. I think comic books would be a, a similar thing. Where again, like yeah, there's there's very recent stuff, but like there is a period. I'm I'm spitballing here, but I would say probably the '30s to the '60s, or even the '70s, where there's a like there was an actual like moral panic around comic books, right? Um, there were people concerned about the relationship between Batman and Robin, like like actually, this wasn't a like a joke. This was like a this is corrupting our children thing. 
Um, yeah, I heard that they added uh, a new character to the classic Batman TV show that was like an ant or something. I know that there was they added oh, a woman to the house specifically. She's like a housekeeper or something. Yeah, I think. she was never a character in the comics. No, no. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Anyways, yeah, again, there's there's some interesting like moral panic stuff that would be interesting to talk about there. You know, there's people always pick something to get upset about and yeah anyways uh what was the other one that i mentioned oh it's the yeah history of the theory of evolution again really interesting topic to talk about um i would go i think if i was setting that one up today i would probably start with some of the like pre-darwinian theories on stuff like this who's the guy he, he was the one with the the drafts stretching for longer fruit and get, it stretches the drafts necks you know the guy I'm talking about? Uh, I don't recall. Anyways, I'll tell you what, I'll add it to the notes. There's <laughs> That was... See, there we go. Um, no, there was some guy whose, whose theory was that, you know, the, the, there are changes in animals over time, but it comes from, like, physical changes that are... from. Anyways, there are pre-Darwinian theories about, about how evolution works before you get to, like, evolution as, as it exists now. Um, and I would probably take it up to... Scope's monkey trial, probably? I assume, yeah. That would make the most sense, right? Yep. Colin, unless you can think of anything else? It's a topic I don't know much about. It's open. Sound, sounds like a good uh, choice. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that'd be cool. that, that could be cool. I, and you could also get into Darwin's journey, uh, like actual voyage a little bit. Yeah, there's there's plenty of variety in there that could be like really interesting. Helene asks, what are your favorite books and podcasts? <laughs> where to begin um i wrote down a couple podcasts that i like listening to and people might be interested in uh that are not history because i feel like i feel like everybody listening to this show probably listens to all the same history podcasts probably yeah it's likely my understanding is it's the most popular genre of podcasts is that true i i can't recall the source i'm afraid but really it, it did seem plausible when i heard about it at the time approximately 12 to 18 months ago which it surprised me yeah that's really interesting i would have thought like hangout talking about movie podcasts would be the most popular um but anyways yeah i yeah i wrote down a list i don't know if either of you guys listened to any of these but uh y'all heard song exploder by hershkesh Sherway. yep um colin no no so what he does is gets uh, music artists on to talk about one song and they uh, they basically go from like where they got the idea of like through the recording process and they'll play like stems of just like, you know, yeah, we recorded the drums on this, this and, you know, talk about this weird kit that they found in the studio or whatever. And they'll play just the drum line or whatever. Right. And they'll go through the whole process. And at the end, they'll play the whole song. And it's you know, maybe 15 or 20 minutes long and it's maybe twice a month, like pretty small time uh, commitment. And it's not like you can't skip an episode. You're not going to miss anything, but it's just, it's so fascinating to listen to the the process. They did one recently on closing time and oh, yeah? it's one of the best podcast episodes I've ever heard in my entire life. All yeah, right. It's extremely good. Um, what not else? what I would have expected. I know. Right. I think the low expectation is kind of what helps there, but 
I also quite liked the episode on the commander thinks aloud by the long winters. Yeah. Yeah. That one's also very good. Good call. Had a lot of context around the challenger explosion and everything that led up to the inspiration for writing the song. Wait, mm. Was it the Columbia? I always confuse those. No, it was about Columbia. You're right. Yeah. Challengers 86. Right. Uh, yeah. Challengers 86 Columbia is 2003. They both start with C. I know. No, they're, they're close. It, it's understandable. Have either of you listened to You Must Remember This by Karina Longworth? No. She no. does a Hollywood history podcast. I know it's kind of technically history. It's more about like the Hollywood side of things. But like she did like a 12 part series on Charles Manson. That was. Oh. Yeah. But like talking about it from like the industry side of things. So like all the stars that are involved in the relationships between these stars. She did like it's an extremely good show. Um, I, I, I highly recommend it. It's it's extremely well researched. Um 99% Invisible, Roma Mars. Yep. Yeah. 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 Again, I don't think this one's a, it's, it's not, it's not like this is a diamond in the rough. It's a, a it's grand, granddaddy podcast. Um, but he just, he just does such a good job. Every episode is interesting. You look at the title and it's like, what do you mean? This is going to be about concrete or whatever. <laughs> and you can come away 45 minutes later. Like, yes, concrete. Concrete's amazing. <laughs> S-Town? Did either of you listen to it? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was uh, really good. I'm really getting into limited run, run podcasts lately just because I can't keep adding things that come at me weekly forever. That's just untenable. It's like TV. It's nice some, to have something that's self-contained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is the wildest podcast I've listened to in a while. Um, yeah, really enjoyed that one. It's... Uh, Similar to Serial, it's got like, it's, there's a mystery going on. It's a, it's a nonfiction uh, interview style podcast. Extremely well produced, highly recommend. Um, and then the final one I have on the list is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids by Dan Meisner. Have either of you listened to it? For anybody that doesn't know, it's a Canadian podcast where he goes around to uh, Canadian cities and he gets people to come up and read things that they wrote when they were children or teenagers. And it's, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, so uncomfortable. Sometimes. Yeah, it's sometimes great. very uncomfortable. Um, did you guys know that somebody who has been on HI101 has been on Grown Ups Free Things There as Kids? I did. I may have lived with him. <laughs> I did not. Who are we talking about? I'll, I'll let people decide for themselves. I'll tell you after. <laughs> it's a good episode, though, man. It's very funny. Um, and then, yeah, books. I don't know. I, I don't get as much time to read as I used to. Um, Tolkien, obviously the sharp books by, uh, Bernard Cornwell. Uh, it's kind of my schlocky summer reading. They're just dumb, fun, historical. Fi- what? Dan, why are you laughing? <laughs> Does he die in the end? <laughs> um, I haven't finished them. I can't tell you. No, I, you're, you're referencing the fact that Sean Bean played him on TV. Um, <laughs> yes. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he doesn't, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you may not know yet because, you know, Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Um, always like Neil Stevenson when I can get through them. They're a million pages long. Um, I just finished a really good book. Um, it's called Moon of the Crested Snow by Wob Rice. He's a, a Canadian author. And it's, I, I don't know if I'd read it now. It was good three months ago, but it's about in a... Anishinaabe Reserve up in Northern Ontario and 
there's some sort of apocalyptic event and they have to make it through the winter. And it's extremely wow. good. Like, extremely good. Really enjoyed it. Highly recommend it. Okay. Um, Richie also asked if I have any alternate history um, recommendations. I don't read a lot of alternate history. It doesn't really... I don't know. It doesn't work for me. For Just personally, I'm, I'm not a huge fan. Um, but you guys, any thoughts, recommendations? No, that's... I don't recall ever getting into anything like that specifically alternative history yeah or any books in general sure i mean drop them here absolutely it's not original but i've i've always been a fan of uh, the gunslinger mm. by, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen King. King, yeah it's a it's a very short book um but it is it is honed like a knife edge it is just brutal in what it lays out so yeah i stuck with fan. it and i read the entire dark tower series I don't recommend it. Um, <laughs> may, may, maybe stop at book four. I, I read Definitely the whole thing stop as well. At book yeah, it got yeah. a little. The first one, though, I think is the, okay. the, the moment where I realized why people liked Stephen King as a writer. I know that sounds mean a little bit, but like there's something very special about the way that he wrote it. It's not, it's not even so much about the story as he's just such a technically good writer in that book. Yeah. Uh, it's extremely impressive. The Stand yeah. is what did it for me for Stephen King, which mm. we won't talk about in too much detail because, you know, times. Uh, for podcasts, I, I'm not I'm very far from caught up on it, but uh, I found Ear Hustle to be interesting. I don't know. What is it? That is a podcast produced inside San Quentin Prison in, uh, mm. I believe, California. Mm-hmm. It is produced by the prisoners there, and it is... A very interesting window into their lives and what life is like inside the prison. And um, it is not, you think, you know, getting insight into prison, you think things like Shawshank Redemption. It is not that depressing. It is a place where people are trying to survive and, you know, make a life. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the people I talk to are long term prisoners. And, um, you know, they they went in when they were extremely young, uh, grew up in a rough time and they're now, you know, later uh, age adults. And it's an interesting window into a life that I have not had to see myself. There's some sad things, but there's, there's a lot of surprisingly happy things. That sounds really interesting. I'd recommend it. Nice. Um, I don't personally listen to a lot of podcasts, which is weird. Um, I feel like I would enjoy them and I just don't have that perfect time in my day in which to listen to them. Uh, I I used to have a bit more of a commute. And when I did, that was like perfect for listening to podcasts. Now I have, Uh, well, nobody has a commute right now, but uh, (laughs) uh, even when I'm going to the office, it's a very short walk. So I don't listen to much, but I will say that um, uh, last time I went up to the cottage, we were looking for something entertaining in that category. And we did listen to the first season of my dad wrote a porno that uh, show is hilarious which is it's hilarious um for those who haven't heard of it uh it's this guy's dad and he's not a writer uh and he decided that he would uh write a pornographic novel self-published self-published yeah and the son i guess got a hold of it uh and it's just each such a dramatic reading uh with him and a couple <laughs> of his friends and it's hilariously awful uh i recommend it yeah that that one is something else 
Yeah, I can never find time to listen to it. <laughs> it seems like very hard to find the right time and place to listen to it. Drive to the Cottage, yeah, that would be good, but man. Drive to the man. Cottage was the time. Mm. I feel like it would be good to listen to with someone in that context in like a Drive to the Cottage. I couldn't stick with it myself on my own when walking to work. It's like, nope, nope, I feel filled with discomfort to such a degree that I need to make this stop now. Yeah, yeah, the awkwardness begs to be shared, for sure. Yep. Next question I've got from Joel says, if I remember correctly, last time you were asked what your favorite person in history was, and you answered something along the lines that no person is infallible, but some people are more interesting than others. At least that was my takeaway from it. Correct, more or less, that's, that's what I was going for. Do you have a p- favorite period in history that you'd like to read and talk about? I mean... Yes, to some extent. I generally like sort of 19th century or what um, was referred to as the long 19th century. So basically French Revolution through to First World War tends to be where I like to stick. Um, I also really enjoy naval history and uh, weirdly enough, like medieval religious history. I don't know why. Those guys are just they're so petty about everything (laughs) and all of the fights are such like nuanced (laughs) detailed little things but i find it really fascinating what people got so upset about that long ago it's it's just an interesting look into into people's lives but that being said like it's not as though there are that many periods where i don't want to talk about it that's kind of why i do this show right like that's it's it's something that helps me to broaden that knowledge and that experience as much as possible right like i'll have somebody come to me and be like hey i i don't know i always look on coming up with example uh topics but you know i I, dan say you come to me about like the robber barons in in the gilded age right i'm gonna be like yeah absolutely let's do that um i don't really know that much about it but let's let's figure it out so yes i i have my my preferences for sure um, but so much of my history reading for the past, you know, five plus years now has been directed by what I'm learning for this podcast that those, those, those preferences are, are not as big a spike in interest as you would maybe expect normally. Uh, what about you guys, Dan, what's your, what's your preference when it comes to historical topics? Oh, I'm much the same. I, I, can fall into a history hole on pretty much anything. I have a bad habit of getting into like European monarchy in the 15th to the 19th centuries. I, okay. I just keep clicking names and like succeeded by, succeeded by, married to, sure. and just trying to fit a picture of Europe into my head through that time. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I've, I've gone deep on way too many things across way too many ages. Yeah, I I don't think anything that you and I have ever talked about has. There haven't been that many like lukewarm responses. You're usually pretty game. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, that sounds about I, right. One thing we haven't talked about, I I don't think is uh, I like nuclear history. Think things related to the transformation of nuclear technology hmm. over the past century. That that topic is is very interesting to me. But, uh, no, I don't think we've yeah. ever done anything related to that. Not not directly, at least. Yeah. Um, 
Colin, I know a lot of the times when we're kind of talking about topics, um, you like to relate it to places that you've traveled to. So you have that like physical, you know, experiential uh, relationship to the topic. That's exactly right. Yeah, I find that um, I'm probably the least naturally inclined to history topics in general, possibly of all the people you have on the show. Um, I'm always interested to learn about it. And I find the periods of time in my life when I learn the most about history naturally is when I'm traveling because it's just what you do, right? Um, or at least it's what I do, right? Like you go and you sure. visit the uh, the landmarks, you, uh, you read about the things that you're visiting. And for that reason, I end up knowing way more about um, you know, places in, in Europe that I know about here. Um, yeah, the other category of topic that I um, tended towards a lot when I was on earlier shows is world conquerors. Because um, mm. they're just always such fascinating people. Because, um, you know, we did the show on um, Napoleon. Yeah. Um, I think there was a couple, a couple others like that. I, I don't, yeah, I just, I find them particularly fascinating. Like, how did you go about achieving this crazy thing that you have a reputation for of conquering like a large portion of the world? It's, it's yeah, for, for really better, interesting to me. For better or for worse, it's always like a unique thing. There are very like number usually of for worse. Well, yeah, but, usually, but yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're right; they're, they're always uniquely like there's there's very few people who fall into that category, and it's. I think a natural kind of fascination with like, why you, like why specifically you, why at that time, you know, all of those like questions that are, are, you know, in a lot of ways for, for a lot of time in this, the study of history, it was kind of like that, that's the, the main question, right? Like why do these really singular people come up? Is it a, a product of their own personality or is it uh, their circumstances? And right. What are the conditions that allow this to occur? What was it about them? Yeah. yeah. And and we've moved away from that a lot, but it's still, I think, a really natural uh, fascination for people. Um, okay. I have one more question. It's actually for you guys. And I'm just curious uh, from your perspectives, um, how has coming on HI 101 changed over the years for you as guests? Yeah. Um, geez, how has it changed for me? Um, I think it's helped me develop quite a bit more fascination with history in general. Like I said, not very, uh, into history as a, as a, uh, as a hobby. Um, so it really helped me appreciate, appreciate the topic in general. Um, the other thing, and, and I've had this conversation with you a number of times, uh, usually immediately after we record, mm -hmm. um, which is, uh, the topics that, we end up covering usually end up being a little bit grim or at least having a, a, a dark overtone. And I, I realize how uh, grimy a place history is. Mm. And it always actually helps me look at the lens of what's going on now a little bit differently, actually appreciating the circumstances that I live in now and seeing that, well, at least it's not, you know, pretty much every other time period I've ever talked with, right. <laughs> with Adam Blesky on his podcast. So yeah, it's it's true. You your stuff does tend towards a little bit darker than others, and that's saying something because this show is not always that cheery. But um, we've ha we've had a little bit of a run. Dan, what about you? How it's changed for me. I the funny thing is, I feel like it hasn't changed much. I really started out coming on this podcast just excited for the opportunity to do this 
it seemed really fun and it has been really fun and it still feels like the first time it's just every time i'm excited to come and chat about this i think the only thing that's changed is knowing that your audience has grown and knowing that there are people listening that's <laughs> that makes it kind of more exciting that's i don't know that's I'm, i i enjoy it that's that's fantastic i'm really glad to hear that actually no that's that's good that means we uh the planning that went into it was um, worth it, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to say. So you and I actually recorded an episode of HI 101 uh, before the first episode of HI 101 uh, that no one is ever, ever going to hear. Um, <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, what was the topic? Shit was fine. I did no research for it. I made a massive <laughs> factual error that... I tried to like just edit the audio we had to make it work, <laughs> but it was more about general listenability and execution and even like tech setup and all of that stuff than it was, you know, looking for a, a viable episode and everything worked, but the episode. So we went ahead. Um, but yeah, you, you helped me, you helped me develop the format and sort of the, the process to, to a pretty significant extent, um, which, which was a, which was a huge help early on. I felt lucky to be, to get to be the first one on. So mm -hmm. I appreciated that. What was the topic? I've, I've blanked on the order of these things. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever actually told anybody what it, it doesn't actually matter but that much. You don't have to. No, no, no. It doesn't actually matter that much. It was the, um, the Punic Wars. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was not that long, and I think I mixed up the second and third. Um, and yeah, no, yeah. hide your shame. Anyways, anyways, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's good to hear. I mean, there's certainly lots that's well, lots of little things that's changed on my end, but I don't think I've changed how I prepare much, other than maybe amount. You know, like I said earlier, the the amount that I research each topic or like go into wider context of each topic has certainly grown. Uh, the length of the episodes has grown a lot. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think it's relatively similar. Got new mics. It's always been exciting when the uh, when the mic setup has improved and you've slowly <laughs> That's true. The technology your... has definitely advanced. I, I would like to hope that it sounds a lot better than it did at the very beginning because that was <laughs> occasionally very rough. No, it was two people recording into one mic not well set up. And yeah, we're, do we're, we're doing better these days. Um, I am out of questions. Yeah, I, I think just, you know, hope everybody keeps well, keeps safe. Uh, stay home, wash your hands. Um, you know. <laughs> Which will sound like very strange advice when people listen to this in the future and there isn't a pandemic going on. Yeah, that's that's going to be a little weird. I, I Yeah. Well, I, I walk that back. The wash your hands advice is always good advice. That's... It's just strange to hear it on a history podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's evergreen. Um, but no, we'll, we'll, you know, we're, we're doing this, we're doing this remotely over the internet, which is, um, you know, in line with the guidelines. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's rough out there right now. So, um, just hope everybody's doing good and, uh, I'll let you know. Um, I'll be in touch about April. Uh, Dan, Colin, thanks for coming on and, uh, recording this with me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us.